Hi, this is Terry. And this is Anne Marie. And this is Therapists After Hours. So we're here today to do like a little debrief on how things have been going so far. Um, things that we're going to change or pay attention to mm-hmm. moving forward and things that we want to add more of. And as always, we're open to feedback. We're open to mm-hmm. constructive criticism. Um, yep. We're brand new. <laughs> and this is a learning process. This is actually the first time that we're using microphones. So <laughs> brand, brand new. Yep. One step closer to intense podcasting. Yeah. Um, so on that note, how do you feel things have been going so far? Mm. That's a great question. I think we started off feeling much more in our element with our first episode. Very comfortable talking about things that were true to us and our personal experiences. And I think that really clicked with our listeners. So we received a ton of positive feedback about that. Mm -hmm. Some more hesitations jumping into the actual interviewing of people, which I think we have started to find a groove about, but maybe that first interview felt a little inauthentic to who I am personally. Or stilted because we Mm -hmm. were unsure of like what we're doing, how we want to present ourselves, what the boundaries are since we're not the therapist. is it okay if we share a little bit of background about what that morning was Sure, like? yeah, we can open that door if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this is Terry, and I've been kind of the sound engineer, mm-hmm. and that morning was very stressful because we did not have the right parts, Yeah, and things weren't working, so it kind of started off on kind of a tense, Mm-hmm. No, not between the two of us, but yeah. just like we want this to work. We have these people lined up and um, it felt like a lot of pressure. Yeah. And some of the things that we're doing um, this episode, we had talked about doing that morning, mm-hmm. but there was too much going on. It felt too too overwhelming for me, at least. <laughs> yes. I for people who know me. Everyone knows that I'm the prep girl. I'm the planner. And so when things are off the cuff, that's a little uncomfortable for me. And so that morning, I think, just felt a little off as myself, as a person and not as a podcaster or as a therapist, wanting to make sure that I'm like showing up with my best self for the people we were going to be talking to, but also for our listeners. And I was so frazzled because I couldn't plan for that. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't plan for the technology not working properly. And so I just kind of got a little lost in myself, which I think may have also translated into how I was present or maybe lack of my presence in some of our conversations with some of our early interviewees. one of the biggest pieces of feedback I received from people who know me very well, my loved ones who listened to that earlier episode, was like, we know you, and we know how opinionated you can be, and how chatty you can be, and 
we didn't really hear you. We didn't hear your voice in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think that what that's part of what brings us to why we're having this kind of debrief together and for our listeners too. Yeah, so some of you might notice that one of our episodes is gone and um, that's just a result of the reflection that we did that mm-hmm. neither of us felt that we were at our best yeah. showing up for that conversation. We were both hesitant um, about boundaries, about how we wanted to show up, about how much we wanted to push certain topics of conversation. Mm-hmm. And we kind of walked away feeling like, I don't, I don't want this mm-hmm. up. And so we've decided to take a bit of time to just sit with interviews um, before releasing them. And so you might hear a bit more of this Mm -hmm. dynamic rather than interviews, um, just so that we have some time to decompress and Mm -hmm. run through the things that we've talked about and re-listen to episodes before we put them up. Yeah. We also received um, feedback that some listeners want to hear more of us, of um, our thoughts of what we would explore, of basically the thing that we do in session with clients every day. Um, So that's something that will be wanting to add more of in future episodes right yeah a little bit more of our own opinions Mm -hmm. not just the interview question kind of structure of things right yeah um yeah something else that you talked about is that you are a planner (laughs) yes and you like to feel really prepared yes and we're also learning how to work in this dynamic together, navigate this dynamic together. And I'm not that person. <laughs> I'm like fly by the seat of my pants, not all the time, not every day, but with clients mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. I'll maybe do a read through of notes and then step in mm-hmm. to session, but probably half the time, I'm mm-hmm. just like, what are you showing up? with today and that's what we'll build off of Mm -hmm. instead of really having a plan right and so I think for me that's really different Different. than what your process looks like absolutely yeah because for me my process I don't necessarily sit there and go through my client file before they meet me every time they come in but when I'm meeting someone for the first time I always have a little bit of a background of why they're coming to counseling and maybe what some initial thoughts are for them in terms of some goals or really just what is bringing them to me that first time. So that gives me just perspective to walk into the room with. Um, And that's a little bit about what I would like or what I have communicated with you, what I think would be helpful for me to feel a little more comfortable as we podcast would be to get some background information from our interviewees so that we can just have some context and like an overview of what they want to share and what they want to talk about so that I can feel like I'm showing up with my best self and my thoughts because 
I never stop thinking. <laughs> if at least I know what to think about, then I have prepared a thought process to some degree and I feel like I can show up with who I am authentically. And that's very opposite to me. Yeah. There have been sessions where I sit down and I'm like, I know their first name. <laughs> like, All right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but also because my brain is like, I actually heard this on another podcast. Okay. Um, I think it was This American Life. But some people have washing machine brains mm-hmm. and some people have security camera brains. Mm. So security camera brains is like whatever you're focused on in the moment is what hmm. is happening internally. So it's just like I'm looking at you. So I'm thinking about you right. and this situation right now, which is meditative yep. in my opinion but yep. that's not how my brain works my brain is the washing machine so mm-hmm. it's like and this and this and this mm-hmm. and this and so if I really like sat down and prepped myself through a thought process mm-hmm. with new clients yeah if they were like oh actually I was really hoping to talk about the loss of my dog today I'd be like oh, but but that's not what I prepared but, <laughs> but anxiety <laughs> But yeah, family dynamics. Yeah, and so it's it's almost like my brain works better when I walk into the room and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what are we dealing with now? So right. that I can't get into my own head. Yeah, so you're not overthinking it. it or over preparing. Yeah. I get that. I think that makes me think about my my supervision time because. I have about a weekly supervision time with my supervisor for anyone who isn't a therapist. (laughs) We have a supervisor that we work with who um, helps us, guide us, um, teach us things maybe we need to know more about, um, but really is also a helpful soundboard. And when I know those meetings are coming up, I literally write a script for myself. (laughs) (laughs) I do not yes i could have i could have probably picked up on that (laughs) i spend probably half an hour leading up to the meeting usually a day or so ahead of time so that i can just say it's done and taken like care of Um, but i write out whatever it is i'm going to talk about in detail so that i don't forget things that were really important for me to check in on i think i have a fear part of the reason I do so much preparation for things in life is that I have a fear that I'm going to be forgetful about something that matters or something that is impactful or um, really just important to me. So if I showed up to a supervision meeting unprepared and I had this really important case I wanted to talk about and I didn't write out a script about that case, I would probably get frazzled and then forget everything I wanted to discuss. That is so interesting to yeah me. I, I did not I knew that you <laughs> prepped I did not know about the script part and like it is so opposite because um, there have been times where you text me because we're in a supervision group together yes. uh, where you text me hey are you coming to supervision an hour before supervision and I'm like yes totally <laughs> I knew we had it <laughs> and but then I'll sit down and be like okay what has what is coming up for me in this moment okay like I guess we, I can talk about Mike not a real client mm, yeah um Mike age blah blah this is my issue this mm-hmm. has been what I've been doing and it is a lot more like 
what is coming up for me in the moment Mm -hmm. is going to be more important to me than Mm -hmm. getting all the details right. Yep. But it's just, there's no right, no wrong. There's no right or wrong. It's just what works for you. Exactly. So if you were someone who took on my approach, it would probably cause you anxiety. Oh my God, I'd be so stressed. And if I started dropping the way I do things, I probably wouldn't feel as accomplished. Mm. I would probably feel a little more insecure. And so it's just figuring out what works best for you. Mm -hmm. And so what you do works best for you and what I do works best for me. Yeah. Yeah. My clients are going to be listening to this being like, so she doesn't think about me at all. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really, but I do. So yeah. this is the thing: is at home making dinner. I'm like, ooh, maybe I should think about talking about this. Or, oh, she didn't really want to talk about her mom disappointing her in this way. I know that's a pain point. Like I'm gonna poke a little bit at that, mm-hmm. and that's just constantly in my Well, that's brain. your washing machine. That's my washing machine. You don't need a script for that. No. It's just constant. Exactly. Yeah. So like whatever has been sitting with me for more than a few moments mm-hmm. or a few days, I'm like, ooh, I need to talk mm-hmm. about this in supervision. Or I'm going to bring it up with the client next time I see them. Right. Um, but it is, it is not like sit down and do yeah. this. Well, and I think I also have a washing machine brain in a lot of ways, and the way that I stop the cycle mm. is by writing things down. So if someone were to ever pick up my phone and go through my notes, it would be pure chaos, because <laughs> if I don't write something down and I go back to refer to it, I'm like, what was that important thing that I really loved? Mm. And so that goes down to grocery lists, all the way to supervision notes, to planning for cases with my clients. Um, to Christmas lists, like it's all over the place, mm. but that's kind of how I organize and compartmentalize so that I can stop the washing machine cycle. Just dump it out. You know, this might be what type of learner you are, because I'm not mm. a, I don't, even in university, I would listen to. Oh yeah, no, not me. <laughs> I, I would listen to lectures and taking notes wouldn't help me. Okay, and I was the, the girl who went to class and tried to write down every single word that came out of the professor's oh mouth. My God. And then would do notes from the textbook of whatever we had to read. And then I would, in order to study, condense notes over and over again. And it was just repetitive writing. Wow. And that's how I would absorb my information. And I was a little bit visual in that if I had written it down, I could see it. Mm. Versus that auditory learning, that doesn't stick with me in the same way. Which is that's so interesting because now I'm thinking about um, in the past when I used to not do notes in session mm-hmm. I used to like end a session and then go sit down and write notes right. and I would literally talk myself through the session mm-hmm. to remember oh right. then we talked about this and she said this mm-hmm. phrase and mm-hmm. then I responded with this and then this is oh and that's when this came up and it would have to be like I would run through what I heard mm-hmm. in order to write it down just for my file, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Well, it, this is yeah. just making so much sense to me. Between you and me, we've connected it so many ways, but we are very different. Yeah. And even when we talk about our podcast and the things we want to put together, you are very conversation based and I can be great with conversation, but I need to then write it down. Mm. <laughs> how many times have I forgotten how to intro our podcast? <laughs> and all it is, is my name. <laughs> it's a, it's a, hi, this is Anne Marie. <laughs> but I didn't write it down, Terry. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so I guess at this point, we should probably jump into the point, quote unquote, <laughs> of this episode, which mm-hmm. is we are going to respond to some um, DMs some that we DMs, got. Some people who slid into our therapist after hours DMs. It's at therapists after hours. Please send us a DM and um, help us make content. <laughs> yeah, and I think the DMs can be content-related, question-related, feedback-related. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a fair resource, I think, if you're looking for resources and you want to reach out to us for support or a direction, mm-hmm. you want us to point you in for anything you're thinking about or people you know who may need support, we're happy to help in that way, too, through those DMs. Just tell us. hmm what you like about us, what you hate about us. <laughs> Don't tell us that. No, you can tell us <laughs> that, but be nice. <laughs> um, what you want to hear more of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's do this first question. And this person writing to us is saying, I'd be interested in hearing about managing people-pleasing tendencies, communication tips, um, thoughts versus feelings, to name a few ideas. So... What do you think about that, Terry? Can we separate each of those? Yeah, there's a lot of points there. Yeah. Right off the top of my head, um, Mm -hmm. people pleasing. Yeah. It is a tough one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, it ties into the next next thoughts versus feelings. Mm -hmm. So I would consider why it feels so important or so scary. Mm Mm-hmm. If you were to stop pleasing other people, Mm -hmm. what makes it feel so compulsory? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people will say guilt. Mm. I feel guilty if I say no. Mm -hmm. And to me, this kind of leads into the next question, Mm -hmm. which is, so guilt is a signal. That's kind of the approach that I have with almost all feelings, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is something I say to clients all the time. Anger is something is not right and you need to do something about it, which is very helpful. Happiness is more more of this, please. Yeah. Like, ooh, I like this. More, please. Fear is something feels dangerous or threatening to me. I need to make a plan Mm -hmm. to be safe. Mm -hmm. So guilt is one of those feelings that is just a signal. It doesn't mean that it's true. But something is signaling to you, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. The task, once you know that that's what is being signaled to you, is then you dissect, is this right or is this something that I've learned? Mm -hmm. 99% of the time, it's something that you've learned. Yeah. So then, if you you go through the process of like, I'm going to start saying no to people, you feel the guilt, you go, oh man, it feels like Mm -hmm. that signal is saying I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. Then you question, where is this coming from? What is this? Is that signal correct? Mm -hmm. Am I actually doing something wrong or have I learned to be this way? Mm -hmm. And this is when therapy comes in handy because a lot of the time it's family of origin based, like your parents raised you in a way that you are of service to other people and that's when you get praise that's when you get love that's when you get affection mm-hmm. yeah now you know 
that's something that I've learned in this situation. You asking me to bake your birthday cake? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) If I say no to that, I'm not actually doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm just not being of service to you, which is something that I've been taught is Mm -hmm. necessary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then you can make a decision. I know that that signal is not correct. Mm -hmm. I can do what I will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really great way of looking at it. I think I often have conversations about people pleasing um, as a former people pleaser. (laughs) I think a lot of that also stems from like a number of different fears. So like you said, like you've learned that this is something that serves you in doing that also. What are the fears that keep you in people-pleasing mode? And so often I'll talk about the fears that you might be rejected or abandoned if you were to say no to someone. Um, Usually the fear of being rejected or abandoned would keep you in people-pleasing mode because who wants to be alone? Who wants to have someone cut you off because you said no to that birthday cake baking or no to that drink in the middle of a night, in the middle of the week because you're exhausted. Um, Also people I find are fearful of conflict. Mm. And so what does saying no mean to the person you're saying no to? You could be fearful that there will be an argument or that you will get um, anger as a response to you saying no or setting a boundary. And that often will keep people in a people-pleasing mode too. Mm Um, those are all uncomfortable things to think about. And so we don't like to make change if it's going to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. The fears of being criticized or disliked if you say no or you um, pull back from a request from someone are really common. I have avoided saying no when I should have said no because I was very, very afraid that I would get criticism in response. Well, what do you mean you can't come out for a drink tonight? Aren't you finding time for yourself? Don't you wanna catch up with me? Don't you wanna leave the house and do something? You know, those responses are inherently telling you that what you're saying or what you're trying to do is not okay. Do you have a tactic to respond to those? Um, In my life now, I don't have anyone who would ever respond to me that way because I've worked very hard (laughs) to set boundaries. boundaries. I think it's really important to respond with an emotion-based phrase, Mm -hmm. sentence, letting people know how you feel in response to what they're communicating with you is a really strong point of contact. And um, if you were to respond by saying, you know, I hear what you're saying and I do really want to see you. It's not that I don't want to come out for a drink. I'm just really tired and I know that I push my limits. If I come out at 9 p.m. tonight with you, I'm going to be exhausted for the rest of the week. So why don't we try another day and then offer another option? So it's a gentle letdown with an emotion attached to it, Mm -hmm. which I think is very hard for people to argue with. You can't argue with how I feel. It's my feeling. Mm-hmm. So that's mine. You can't take that away from me. And I think that's a stronger form of communication than just, no thanks, eat my dust. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which is so interesting (laughs) because this is a difference in approach um, between the two of us as well. Mm -hmm. So that approach, the um, feeling connected Mm -hmm. approach is something that I will say for clients who the person that they're dealing with Mm -hmm. has earned their vulnerability. That's a great point. For people who haven't earned the person's vulnerability. Um, I use a stupid and cheerful Hmm. approach. So drinking on a Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. For someone who hasn't earned Mm -hmm. that connection, that emotional connection piece, it might look something more like I can't. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And then you get the pushback of like, why can't you? Don't you want to see me? Blah, blah, blah. And can you give me like an emotionally laden response? Like very guilt driven response that someone. Yes. So we haven't seen each other in weeks. You're always busy with work. When are you ever going to find time for me? Oh, my gosh. You're completely right. (laughs) I can't find time for anything. I can't find time to, like, buy new underwear. Mm. So, man, I I can't. I definitely can't do this drink. Mm. So it feels more lighthearted than serious and intense but you get your point across exactly whereas if I approach you with the like I'm going to be exhausted for the week for someone who is not worthy of vulnerability Mm -hmm. the response might use that emotion Mm -hmm. oh you're so tired to do that but you're Mm -hmm. not too tired to xyz Mm -hmm. which then kind of propels the guilt forward because you're like "I, I feel this way what do I do with it right and so sometimes there has to be a bit of levity mm-hmm. where you, you're kind of, you could be uh, making a joke. I really like the use of like, oh, what do you mean by that? Mm. But with a, a, a very specific tone of voice that's like, I'm not saying like, oh, what do you mean? Right. It's like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? Yeah, tone of voice matters for sure. Right? Yeah. The stupid and cheerful. Yeah. See, you have no idea why this mm-hmm. person is reacting this way for you setting a boundary, mm-hmm. but you're not upset about it because right. you're not going to dive into a conflict with someone who doesn't deserve that mm-hmm. kind of emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's a great way of looking at it. It's making me, it's making my wheels spin a little bit about thinking about specific kinds of friendship or relationship dynamics where you've selected someone or people to be in your life who may always inherently respond to you with that aggressive frustration, angry tone, regardless of your circumstances and regardless of what you're trying to communicate. And so it's making me think more about boundary setting and what it looks like to have people like that in your life who matter to you Mm -hmm. which may make it a little harder to do that stupid and cheerful kind of response oh and I was thinking the opposite okay because if it's say your Mm mother-in-law or (laughs) or your sister yeah 
right? Someone that you're like, I'm not going to set a boundary and then like not talk to this person. I, it's right. not possible. Yeah, I have to have a way where I set a boundary and then whatever response they have, I just kind of bat away, but I don't look like the bad guy. I don't mm-hmm. like kind of disintegrate the relationship because say it's your sister. Yeah. This person is extremely important to me, but I don't want to constantly be fighting with them. So either I'm not following through on my boundaries mm-hmm. and so they keep pushing me mm-hmm. or I'm fighting every step of the way until it feels so toxic and negative to have any interaction with this mm-hmm. person. Then stupid and cheerful comes in handy of like oh my gosh, what do you mean? I love you. I would die for a drink. Mm -hmm. But I really just can't this week. But like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you would say that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Much more lighthearted. A lot harder for someone to come back at you in an aggressive way. Yeah. And if they do, then they look like a bad guy. (laughs) And if they do, then we really need to rethink your relationship dynamics. Yes, that's true. (laughs) There is some stuff in there of, I think, there are a lot of earned titles that Mm -hmm. people take for granted. Right. Like mom and dad. I look at that as an earned Mm -hmm. title. Right. Like if your parents are horribly abusive, you don't need to stay in contact because they're your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Gone are the days that we need to have relationships with people because they are relatives or blood in some way Mm -hmm. who are toxic or unhealthy or disrespectful. We don't need to keep those relationship dynamics anymore. Right. Oh, but she's your sister. Great. But she hurts me over and over and over again. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, it's just one of many yeah. tactics mm-hmm. or um, ways of navigating. But that is one of yeah. my favorites. Because honestly, sometimes it doesn't feel like it's worth a fight with right. someone who's, you know, you have to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I often, my clients will probably roll their eyes when they hear this because they know it's my favorite thing to talk about when we're trying to do some healthy communication style building is I statements. Mm. <laughs> I feel I need. Yes. It's my favorite. Yes. And I think I like it because you're sharing the feeling or the need with an explanation without invalidating. I feel blank mm-hmm. when or because blank. So it's explaining not just I feel angry. It's I feel angry because I don't think when we talk about things you hear me Mm. or I feel hurt when you don't respond to a text message for months on end Mm. it's an explanation attached to emotion instead of when you do this and that immediately gets people's back up we know Mm. that Mm -hmm. it's an aggressive um, accusatory way of speaking to people Mm -hmm. you own your feeling and you explain to someone what's going on for you and Mm -hmm. so it brings them onto your side to hear you differently Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in a different perspective. Sure. You don't need to explain yourself. And so this is, I come into this with a lot of people pleasing mm-hmm. female mm-hmm. clients mm-hmm. who have real struggle with saying no. Mm-hmm. No is a full sentence. Mm-hmm. And so 
There are times, especially with like people who deserve your vulnerability, that you do want to bring in the emotion. But a lot of the time, I just want my clients to practice saying, no, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. That's Mm -hmm. not for me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I don't have bandwidth for that right now. Yeah. I can't get into that with you Mm -hmm. without saying I'm feeling overwhelmed or I'm Mm -hmm. feeling nervous about this Mm -hmm. conversation because there has been so much explaining Mm -hmm. that just saying no feels so scary totally saying no on its own is terrifying Mm -hmm. because if you are someone who struggles to say no and you're in your people pleasing tendencies there's a lot going on behind what the no is yeah i've had clients say um no just sounds rude Mm. and i'm like that is learned Mm mm-hmm no is not rude. I mean, there's a like, there's a way and a tone F of voice. no yeah. or whatever um, could be rude or no because I hate you mm-hmm. and I think you're ridiculous. That's rude. Mm-hmm. But just saying that's not for me. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Not well, rude. Think, and that's the difference though. Is I think when we're talking about saying no, the way you just said it, no thanks. You know, or that doesn't work for me. No thanks is different than what people I think are hearing in their head with just the response of no period. Or that their parents, when they have said no to them, Mm -hmm. my clients will know. I always bring the parents. (laughs) It's hard Uh, not to. (laughs) But if you've had a lifetime of hearing your parents go, no, that's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. then how are you gonna say, no thanks, that's not for me, that's not right for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah there's your people pleasing tendency mm-hmm. coming out you you would rather say yes mm-hmm. it's easier it's less aggressive confrontational mm-hmm. but not saying no over and over and over again can be so self-sacrificing mm-hmm. and then you end up in our offices being like I'm not happy with my life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which is fair yeah right I think you make a great point though about who is worthy of the explanation and the emotion versus when you just say that doesn't work for me actually no Mm -hmm. thank you um because i'm constantly thinking about you know complicated relationship dynamics so strong friendships parents partnerships and if if i turn to my partner and just said no i'm thinking oh my gosh well that's not enough and that doesn't feel fair because we have an investment in each other okay so it might look like i can't Mm mm-hmm can you pick up dinner on the way home? I can't. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, I can't because I'm overwhelmed and it's been a long day and I'm exhausted and I, you don't need that kind of explanation. And this, we're mm-hmm. getting into personal therapy between <laughs> the two of us. <laughs> um, but it's also like taking a second to think, why do I feel like, Mm-hmm nervous to say no without a deep emotional explanation well i don't know that it needs to be a deep emotional explanation always but it feels disingenuous to myself Mm. to respond to someone i care about that i know i have a healthy relationship with Mm -hmm. and i think maybe there's the stickler point Mm -hmm. is how would you describe the relationship that you're thinking about with this no versus explaining the no because i have a healthy dynamic and so offering the the idea that you know what i'm not going to stop by to grab dinner on the way home because it's just been a long day can you deal with it feels safe and healthy Mm -hmm. versus 
no thanks that doesn't work for me so it's what you feel you have to do versus um what you want to do what do you want to do yes and i think that that's there that's you go. the difference yeah. yeah if you feel like you constantly have to give an explanation mm-hmm. then you get into like maybe we mm-hmm. practice just mm-hmm. saying no yeah when you have a friendship where you always get nervous when you have to set mm-hmm. the timeline to say you know what that doesn't work for me today and you get nervous and you have to have all these reasons behind why you're saying no right. to that person right Maybe that's where you need to practice the no thanks. Yeah. Period. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad we got there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, see, but that's what this is what therapy looks like. Yeah. We may have suggestions or ideas in our minds about what could help and what could support you with your people pleasing tendencies. But we have to go through the journey of what has happened there um, that might be more helpful for you depending on specific scenarios specific relationship dynamics and where you've come from Mm -hmm. it's not a cookie cutter thing clients will often say to me you know and what do I do with this it's like well we need to spend some time exploring what does this mean specifically for Mm -hmm. you so that we can tailor a plan of action to you I don't have the same set of sessions with everyone just because the presenting issue or topic is the same. Mm -hmm. People pleasing across the board will look differently depending on who's sitting in front of me. You've heard a bunch of different um, approaches or thoughts that we might have on the same topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you pick and choose what works best for you based on your life experience. Um, Thoughts versus feelings. (laughs) We're only gonna get through one question today probably. Thoughts are not feelings. Feelings are not thoughts. There's a difference. (laughs) Obviously, this conversation has had a mind of its own (laughs) and kind of grown maybe a little bit bigger than we had anticipated, which we love. Um, But what we're going to do for now is we're just going to kind of pause it at that first piece of that first question through the DMs and we'll pick it back up in another episode, finish that question off and bring in another question that we have from one of our listeners. Um, So keep an ear out for that. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for opening your ears and your hearts to us. And I hope that you join us for another chat. 